verses 1 through 4, uh, and then skip over to verses 8 through 11. A reading from the, from the word of the prophet of Isaiah. The Lord God's spirit is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim release for captives and liberation for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and a day of vindication for our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for Zion's mourners, to give them a crown in place of ashes, oil of joy in place of mourning, a mantle of praise in place of discouragement. They will be called oaks of righteousness, planted by the Lord to glorify himself. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore formerly deserted places. They will renew ruined cities, places deserted in generations past. Skipping over to verse 8. I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and dishonesty. I will faithfully give them their wage and make with them an enduring covenant. Their offspring will be known among the nations and their descendants among the peoples. All who see them will recognize that they are a people blessed by the Lord. I surely rejoice in the Lord. My heart is joyful because of my God, because he has clothed me with clothes of victory, wrapped me in a robe of righteousness like a bridegroom in a priestly crown and like a bride adorned in jewelry. As the earth puts out its growth and as a garden grows its seed, so the Lord God will grow righteousness and praise before all the nations. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. Well, today we we break in upon the Advent theme of joy. We've been... uh, been journeying this Advent, and uh, Advent 1, we talked about um, hope, and last week we talked about peace, and today we talk about joy. Now, I know what might bring people the most amount of joy is for the preacher to preach a short sermon, so I'm work on that. Um, I could insert a joke about preachers and, and preaching being brief, you know, and I, I won't do that um, today, but as we have gone through Advent, there's just this great expectation. There's this growing sense of we're heading towards something significant. That at the end of this journey is a baby in a manger. And the baby in the manger isn't just any baby, isn't something that that has no impact, but something that, that makes all the difference for us as we journey. Um, we, reser- we, we returned to Isaiah for this text. Um, two, two weeks ago, as we talked about hope, we were in Isaiah 64, just a few chapters, uh, a few chapters later. And we talked about hope. And we talked about how the Israelite nation had, had been returning from exile in Babylon. And, and as they headed home, they were celebrating. They were in the midst of joy. They were singing songs of hope and songs of faith and songs of joy as they returned, for they were headed home. They arrived, and Jerusalem was in tatters. Uh, the temple destroyed, standing among the rubble. We talked about how with, with God in the midst, with Yahweh in the midst of that rubble, they could truly proclaim hope on that day. 
But this is just a little bit before. This is as they were headed there, the songs that they were singing. And we have this text from Isaiah. And I want to I look at just the one phrase in verse 2 that, that I hope to help us understand today. Uh, it talks in verse 2 about the year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor. Every, every 50 years, there's this provision in ancient Jewish law um, called the year of Jubilee. Year of Jubilee was, a, was an amazing time, an, an amazing reality for the, the people of Israel. Uh, as it's written, uh, debts were supposed to be wiped away. Uh, slaves were meant to be freed. Free fields were, were meant to be rested and laid fallow for a year just to recover for the next season's harvest. Land was supposed to be returned to ancestral owners the year of Jubilee, it was like this reset. It was like this, this pause in society, this pause in production, this pause in everything that they did and everything that they knew to do to reset and to start over. A year of Jubilee that was a, a year of worship for Yahweh. Well, it never, never really went that way. Uh, they never really seemed to accomplish this. They, they had had it written in, and, and it never seemed to work. Um, if, if you're reading along with us in our, our Advent devotional, and I, I realize there's some of you maybe who are visiting with us today, feel free to grab an Advent devotional uh, out on the table back there. Uh, it's been a great resource for me to, to have a reading every day of this season of Advent and to have some reflection questions. But if you're reading along, and maybe you've already read today, uh, the author talks about these four economic codes that were present in the Torah. Uh, and uh, the first one was, was tithing, uh, a practice meant to understand that all of our provision and all that God has given us really belongs to God. And so we return some of that to him. The, the second was Sabbath, uh, really an, an economic uh, uh, provision that says there's time for rest. Uh, and, and certainly we have a, a weekly Sabbath where uh, for Christians, most Christians uh, today, they, they celebrate Sabbath on the first day of the week for, for Jews and for some of our Christian brothers and sisters, they celebrate Sabbath on, on the last day of the week. Um, but this, this rhythm also carries over into a yearly rhythm where every seven years they would, they would rest the cattle, they would rest the fields and, and let them lay fallow so that they could recover and to produce. Uh, the third, the third uh, economic uh, code that's in the, in the ancient Jewish law is one called gleaning, where they wouldn't harvest to the edges of the field, but they would leave some of, some of their crop unharvested for those that had no way to grow crops of their own, to, to provide for the poor of the society and for the, for the foreigner who had no land to harvest. The fourth being this year of Jubilee. And the thing that struck me as I was reminded of these codes is every one of them, as you look across, speak to a new reality. Speak to this reality that produce, 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 produce. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> produce all you can. Make all you can. Make as much money as you can. Harvest to the edge of your field. Get every last ounce of profit out of what is yours. 
each one of these economic codes say, part of my responsibility is to serve the other. Part of who I am is to rest. Part of who I am realizes that the blessings of God need to be returned to God. And shifts our mind off of this mindset of looking out for number one. See, that's what I go back to. That's, that's my normal state of mind. I think that's the human condition to some, so, some degree that, that often we can shift our eyes away from others and remain most concerned about ourselves. Getting back to the text and, and this nation that's returning to the land of their ancestors. And Isaiah claims this moment as the nation's jubilee that welcome, we finally get to experience the year of the Lord's favor. We finally get to do this year of jubilee. You know, as it's written, uh, Isaiah 61 benefits a, a certain group of people. Who does it talk about in Isaiah 61? It talks about the poor. It talks about the brokenhearted. It, 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 it proclaims release for the captives, it, liberation for the prisoners, and comfort for all who would mourn. And that's, that's how it is written. That's how, how Isaiah proclaims it. But the beauty of the redefinition for me as Isaiah proclaims this for the nation that's returning to Jerusalem is that's everybody. That the whole worship community, the whole nation of Israel was experiencing together the benefit of the year of the Lord's favor, the year of jubilee, for they were returning to their ancestral lands. They were laying claim to the promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey. They were returning to their home. It's true when they arrive, what they find is not encouraging. They stand amidst the rubble, and two weeks ago we endured the lament that they experienced the, the, the pain of, of expectation not being met, and yet proclaiming in that moment the hope of God, the hope of God's restoration. It wasn't an easy road. There's more than a little bit of work to do, but together as a nation, the captives had been set free, set free from Babylon, and, and there was a beautiful returning, and Isaiah could stand in front of the assembly and say, today is the day. Today is the day we get to experience the year of the Lord's favor. The year of Jubilee has found us. We've made it, and God is fulfilling his promises to us. It would be over five centuries later that the year of Jubilee would break in again amongst the Jewish people. By this time, the, 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 this time the setting was very different. This time it came in humble fashion in a quiet little corner in a town out of the way, a town of Bethlehem. There was no prophet standing and announcing the year of the Lord's favor. Instead, the angels kind of had to talk to some shepherds to say, go take a look. This is pretty cool. Come see this baby. 
There was no arrival in the nation's capital, the young couple who wasn't quite yet married. We're in a strange city, housed in a questionable hotel, a one-star hotel, I think, uh, with a few animals and some straw and some hay. Here's the joy. Here's the joy that we experience today, the arrival of the baby Jesus makes for us all the difference. For all of us who choose to follow God, all of us who say, I choose to do this life with this baby Jesus. In just a moment, the kids are going to come and share with us, and and they're excited. Uh, I I admire the adult helpers that are in there right now, kind of keeping corralled the energy. I know you're excited too, but this Christmas, I would say, don't miss the chance today to participate in the year of Jubilee, a returning to where we were meant to be. I believe this with all my heart, that God meant for us to be in relationship with Him. And the difference that the baby brings is that we get to experience that. We get just a piece of what we were intended to be, to have constant relationship with God and to know Him with all that we are. Jesus' invitation this year is receive me. Receive this Christ child. Receive me as king. Let earth receive her king. Would you pray with me? Lord God, today we worship you. We thank you for all that you have provided and all you have done for us in our lives. And today we just want to worship you. Thank you for the joy of Christmas, for the chance that we have uh, each year to, to celebrate the coming of the Christ child. Uh, and today as we, uh, as we let the kids um, share the message, I pray that you'd calm their fears. I pray that you would uh, uh, be with them and, and just help them enjoy these moments, God. But I also pray that you would capture our hearts and capture our minds that we have this opportunity today to experience the year of the Lord's favor. Not that everything will go great for us. That, that's, not, that's not the joy that you bring. The joy that you bring is experiencing the year of Jubilee, a restoration of who we were meant to be, of how we were meant to relate with you. And so today, God, I just pray that you would uh, be with us and be amongst us, um, teach us, and help us live the life that we were meant to live. Be with us now as we enjoy this production, and thank you for the chance to worship you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.